Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to a brand new Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. We are live. Well, kind of live. We're recording this live, if that makes sense. Right. We always at, record it live, well, to be clear. Okay, but we're on location I'm alive. Today. Okay, right. Okay, we're good. on location. Uh, at the Association of Federal Enterprise Risk Management Conference, the Reagan Building, downtown D.C. It's, this is the first time we've ever done this on location, also for television. That's right. Uh, you've always said I have a face for radio, so yeah, we're that's testing the oldest out joke that in theory. The world. This is going to be a lot of fun. That's and right. we're starting today with Meredith Stein, Director of the Division of Risk Management, the National Institutes of Health. Meredith, welcome to the TV show and to the podcast. Great to have you. Thank you. Good morning. What is NIH? Let's start there because I think there are a lot of folks who, who are just getting familiar with the mission of the organization. Sure, sure. So NIH is the nation's medical research agency. Uh, it supports scientific studies that turn discovery into health. So some of the things that it takes care of that you might be familiar with are finding advancements in Zika research, uh, discovering new ways to treat the flu, um, discovering new drugs that treat HIV, and also uh, discovering new ways that uh, they could treat cancer that are less toxic and more personalized. We have a, um, a clinical research hospital on our campus in Bethesda, Maryland, and we also have scientists in our own labs that conduct research in our, on our campus. Most of the NIH's $39 billion budget is awarded through grants. So the, uh, the mission of the organization, it's a national treasure, but it's got a global mission. It's contributing to the health of the, the planet. Yes, yes. The mission is to enhance, enhance health, lengthen life, and reduce illness and disability, both for the American public and global health. In the context of that then, what are kind of the tenets, the principles of a risk management program in an organization like that? So we have, um, we started our risk management program in 2009 and that was before uh, federal enterprise risk management began taking a stronger hold across the government. And I have a dedicated uh, group of four people who've been supporting the risk management program. Just four people. Four people, but- um, $39 million, health of the world, four people. That, We're counting on you. Correct, correct. That what could the, possibly go wrong? <laughs> exactly, that's our mission right there. Terrific. Um, we, are, we lead the risk management program for NIH. There's a, a very many group of, many number of people that um, help support uh, that mission, but the way the NIH is set up is that we have 27 institutes and centers that each have their own research agenda and have a budget, a separate budget allocated to it by Congress. And the, um, the other component unit for NIH is called the Office of the Director. And that uh, Office of the Director is responsible for setting um, policy, program, and oversight for each of the 27 institutes and centers. My risk management program uh, sits within the Office of the Director and reports to the agency chief financial officer. So in the old days, uh, a risk management program was focused a lot on just reporting. Are we getting our financial reporting correct? The, uh, a modern enterprise risk management program links to your mission, your outcome-oriented goals. Can you talk about where you are 
in your strategic planning process and how risk management is integrated into that? Sure, absolutely, and that's absolutely right, that, that your um, agency enterprise risks should be linked to your organization's strategic goals and objectives. So the um, I program has a, a strategic plan with four strategic goals. They're um, foster program integrity, enhance um, program uh, effectiveness, uh, reduce, um, I'm sorry, the other one is um, foster a program of, uh, foster a culture of risk awareness. And that's really an initiative that we've been focused on at this point in time. What's the, what's the response from people who are not in the risk management business to that fostering that risk culture? The risk aversion in government is so high compared to the private sector, it strikes me. True, true. And certainly with in order to advance biomedical research, you have to take risks, exactly. So um, sometimes I think in the beginning when we uh, began implementing the risk management program, many, many thought that you're trying to control uh, us and trying to m have us take less risks, mm -hmm. which is not the case. Uh, enterprise risk management is all, all about taking risks in a very you know, strategic way and thinking ahead on what could possibly go wrong so we can have in place things like mitigation plans that help reduce the impact should an event happen. So how did you overcome that fear that you were being too controlling? So we helped raise that risk awareness. So part of that was uh, just educating people and we took on an initiative to um, to develop e-learning courses, so to help raise that risk awareness, to make uh, people understand what the program is about and what the what enterprise risk management is in general, um, helping to move the needle in that, raising that risk awareness. Certainly also the NIH director has a, a fantastic tone at the top and he provides uh, leadership and guidance and helps promote the importance of risk management by um, one example is he sent out an NIH-wide email to employees that helped people understand that it's encouraging that you're employing risk management practices because of the programs that we have in place, but that we're, think we're taking risks strategically. You have a thing called risk management champions. What are they? What role do they play in this uh, risk awareness culture that you're There's talking about? There's a group of very engaged risk practitioners across our 27 institutes and centers and they've, they've formed a community of practice. So uh, they meet quarterly and um, they discuss you know, things like you know, the types of challenges that they're uh, taking on at each of the institutes and centers because they're responsible for planning and coordinating and managing their own risk management program at their institutes and centers. Uh, one of the initiatives that that champion group has taken on is for the last three years, they've organized and coordinated an NIH Risk Culture Day, which is similar to what event we're at right now, which is the AFIRM Summit. Think of it as like a mini AFIRM Summit. Um, they've been able to you know, share best practices and lessons learned across that community. So can you share uh, some practical risks? What are the uh, if you can, what are the risks that you're tracking and how do you mitigate those? So the risk champions at each of their institutes and centers are responsible for facilitating conversations to help risk managers identify and prioritize enterprise risks. So they're talking to their senior leaders to understand what types of things are 
impacting their strategic goals and objectives at their own organizations. So things like HR, IT security, acquisitions, those are the types of things that they're facilitating conversations about. Those risk champions are not responsible for identifying risks or uh, executing risk management, risk, risk mitigation plans, but they are there to get the right people in the room to have the conversation about what types of things keep the leaders up at night that may impact their strategic goals and objectives. You've been at this since 2009, you said. What was the impetus for getting on this before somebody told you you had to, OMB told you you had to, or, or some other organization? So the, um, the director, the NIH director at the time, had come from uh, an, or an organization where he saw the value of a risk management program in place. So again, that tone at the top uh, was integral in making sure that this was you know, adopted in a, in a very positive way. What kind of roadblocks or uh, other challenges did you run up against when you were introducing this concept to people in IT, in acquisition, in HR, in financial management, who maybe weren't familiar with it and weren't sure that this was necessarily going to be valuable to them? So part of it was understanding the value of, of a risk management program and helping to tell the story and, and other examples of how risk management can help people use the information, the risk data, as a tool to help make management decisions. Um, one of the in initiatives that we're taking on right now is incorporating ERM into an existing governance and oversight body. That uh, group of individuals also is in the position to make um, informed decisions about budget. So they're using the risk, the enterprise risk data to help make budget decisions. Uh, that, that type of success story, understanding that you can use the risk data for decision making um, at first was a challenge, but we were able to overcome it with, a, with education and, and socializing the concept of the return on investment. Mm -hmm. So here's a two-part question. I'm going to try to ex execute this. Good this luck. A high level of difficulty. Good luck. Do you have an example of a risk you didn't anticipate materializing that you then had to begin monitoring and mitigating? Um, and or, uh, do you have an example of something that's been on your radar that you were glad to have been monitoring because you were able to mitigate the impact of that emerging risk? Sure, so I'll think of an example of laboratory safety. Uh, so a few years back, there was uh, a very public risk event where uh, NIH discovered a vial of uh, lab material that could pose a potential problem. It was inactive, it was found to be inactive, so it wasn't, didn't pose any health risk. But um, the lab safety procedures that were in place were not followed by a particular lab. And the, um, I would say at that point it was sort of crisis management and how we were going to be monitoring that uh, going forward. So there was a, a very quick and swift uh, approach by leadership to help educate the, the people who work in the lab of safety procedures and taking another look, a fresh look at those existing procedures to see what went wrong and how can we improve. We just have a couple of minutes left, Meredith. When somebody comes to you and says, you've been doing this for a long time, we're having this or that struggle, where do you refer people or what advice do you give to people to drive the maturity of their risk management frameworks more quickly? So I'm sure a lot of people will say that, you know, I'll reiterate too, the, the theme of the tone at the top, certainly. 
um, having you know leadership recognize that it's important to invest in a risk management program because the opposite of risk management is crisis management and we don't like surprises very much. I'd rather hear bad news and be able to plan accordingly instead of being surprised and then running around not knowing what is the next step if I'm trying to approach a problem. Congratulations on your leadership of a great program Thank you. and your leadership of this community. It's a Thank great you. conference. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.